Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jeff. That's Mo. This is Jeff Needs Sports, and this is Week 9 College Football Reactions. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Again, this is Jeff Needs Sports. Uh, this is Week 9 College Football Reactions. We're going to do the winners. We're going to do the losers. We're going to talk about what we're watching next week, and then we're going to dip into what we think the uh, – the playoff committee is going to is going to say Tuesday night when the uh, the first the, w- honestly the only rankings that really matter come out when when the finally the AP votes are relevant the coaches polls are relevant um, even Jeff needs sports poll is irrelevant but probably accurate um, you know we're, we'll talk a little bit about that so um, I, I, I wish y'all could have been here for the first ten minutes off air because it was. That that's when the fun really happens. We say it every week. We always start recording that and just putting it out as a podcast, uh, but we don't. So, uh, Mo Murphy, how are you tonight? I'm good. Like you said, the first ten minutes we were talking about Ohio State. What, <laughs> for the next thirty, forty-five minutes to an hour, we won't spend talking about. But hey, Ohio State got another victory, so they it's did. a lot easier to talk about. You know, the college football <laughs> preview or re- recap, and it makes it my life a lot easier. It does. There, there's something about like, you know, no matter how critical you are of your team, a la me, no matter how much you care, no matter how much, you know, you go through victory week is, is just, a, it's a little easier. You know, it's a, it, everything goes down a little, you know, a little smoother. So uh, me and Mo are kind of riding high here. Um, high state's in very good position, you know, yeah. going forward, they beat Penn state over the weekend. It, it, it took a minute to get there. They they got it done. The score the score is misleading both ways because actually like the the margin was bigger and then it got less. So I think it's it's a pretty accurate representation. But bottom line is at this point, if you're undefeated in college football, a win is a win, especially if you you know if you're a big brand team and if you are ranked high coming into the season. So um, you know it it does make things go easier. So we'll we'll start off with. Uh, our biggest winners. Mo, I'll, I'll let you kick it off. Biggest winners of college football this weekend. Um, Number one is Tennessee. Um, The <laughs> way Tennessee, and the thing is, Tennessee, if we put it in a betting perspective, Tennessee covered. But the way Tennessee manhandled Kentucky, and I'll put it like this. The biggest question about Tennessee going into this game and around all season is their defense. Their defense stepped up. And Jeff, you know, I, I hate comparing college football to NFL when we have to have these conversations, but Tennessee just made a lot of people who felt like Will Levis is the number QB one going into the NFL. You're cutting into my losers already. I'm sorry, but they just made him look mid. Like he looked very pedestrian and Tennessee was able to do that in a defense that we questioned. And so when you start to raise the questions of like, how good is Will Levis? Is he QB one? We're waiting to see his, you know, his pro day and, and, and all that. But Tennessee was the team to kind of expose him and make him look average. And I'm not yeah. saying that it measures up to, he's going to look average in the NFL or below average. But all I'm saying is like the way Tennessee, Tennessee had to step up defensively to win this game. Yep. Tennessee win the game the way they needed to win the game. Yeah. And Will Levis, they did it. And Will Levis looked average. And all I'm saying is that Tennessee's defense made Bryce Young look elite. And it took a shootout game to beat Alabama. 
Tennessee's defense stepped up and made Will Levis look like a below average quarterback, especially when we're comparing him to the next level. And they ended up winning the game. So, like, if I say biggest winner, and we'll talk about it later as far as the college football playoff rankings goes, Tennessee has to be, to me, the overall biggest winner of Saturday in college football. Yeah, I think so. I'll piggy. I'll piggyback on that. When when we get to the losers, like I will finish this discussion. Uh, the other side of it, uh, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. My my biggest winner was I say SEC fans, and I don't just mean like people who like are a fan of an SEC team. I mean people who enjoy like watching SEC football, not SEC haters, because Tennessee won and Georgia won. Um, and so this weekend coming up, we got Tennessee versus Georgia and we got Alabama versus LSU. If you enjoy, you know, SEC football, if you're not a hater, if you're not a, I'll call, at this point, Mo, like I'll call them deniers. Like if you're not like if you're if you're someone like from another conference or another school or whatever, and you and you're constantly like SEC's overrated and all that, this isn't for you. If you're someone that like me that just enjoys really good college football and they just happen to have some really good teams. We're getting two matchups next weekend that are going to be fun to watch on TV. Uh, Tennessee's like, like you said, Tennessee proved like they came out, took care of business against a good Kentucky team, you know, walk through them. We know how good Georgia is. Um, so I just say like fans of like sec football, we're the winners because every now everything is set up for one of the honestly best Saturday double headers we've had, you know, in quite some time, honestly, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's yeah. going to be awesome. So, uh, it's going it, to, it's going to be great. I was so happy. And I, and that's all I said all weekend. I was like, I just need to see Tennessee come out and take care of business. They did that. That game was never close. Kentucky. It, there was at no point where Kentucky win that game. The Florida Georgia game was weird. It's one of those games, if you really watch it, you're like, Florida was never going to win this game. But I can also see if you are if you really watch Georgia critically, like say how I watch Ohio State, I can also see you saying, Georgia's got flaws. And I do think Georgia, like I really believe for the first time, I don't want to give away my you know rankings yet, but I do believe for the first time, I think Georgia has flaws. And I gave you credit on the text earlier, Florida's not a good football team. Uh, Mo Murphy's been trying to tell us that all year, and I know, like it's it's always one of these things. Everybody's like, "Well, you know, I heard the uh, Cover Three guy say Georgia plays with their food." Well, that's fine, but you can only do that so much, and then it might, you know, your food might bite you back. So, what I would say is, I think Georgia's is as vulnerable as I've seen them in a year. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because. When I said, <clears throat> even before the season, which I had this conversation with you and Walker, which is why you're bringing it back up, is like, Florida's not a good team. If they beat Utah, and everybody looks at me like, you're an idiot. Like, Florida beats Utah. They did. We They did. Yeah, you're trying to tell me they're not a good team. And I'm like, okay, well, they, they had the advantage. They played Utah at home or whatever, and maybe I was an idiot for thinking that Utah was going to show how good they were on the road. West Coast team coming to the East Coast, Southern, whatever you want to consider Florida, at a night game in, in Gainesville. And so I'll take being the idiot for that, but at the same time, the season goes on, and college football has to happen for 13 weeks, and everybody has to play 12 games in Florida it's not a good team. Like at the end of the day, they show flashes of being good, 
But overall, they're not a good team. You've seen that against Georgia. You've seen that against Tennessee. Like, you've seen multiple occasions where, like, Florida's just not good. Like, they can play with a lot of teams. They can keep it close. But at the end of the day, a good team finds ways to win here and there. And Florida's not able to find ways to win against good or great teams. And so, like, that's where I take the credit. Is like, okay, I'll give you the Utah win. I look like an idiot saying Utah was going to blow the doors off of Florida. But even after that game, I still felt like Florida's not a good team. They just had the advantage of winning the game at home, bringing Utah on the road in the first game of the season. And that's the biggest key to me is the first game of the season because you'll tell me that Notre Dame's not a good team here on out. (laughs) But Ohio State won in a close game, 21 to 10 in the first game of the season. And so that's where I go to show, like we're not going to judge teams off the first game of the season. Florida has shown you time and time again, they're just not a good team. Can they play better? Will they be the team that shows you they'll play their best game against the elite teams? Yeah, probably. But at the end of the day, beating Utah does not show you that they're a good team and they're just not a good team. Yeah. I'm going to hold off on the preview of that game. I like everything you just said, um, but I I don't want to double up on it until the end of the Mm -hmm. show. But when we talk about the Georgia-Tennessee game, everything you're saying is is – it is leading right into it. So I'll go with uh, my next winner. I want to say it before you two, before you do. Uh, JT Tumaluau has to be a winner. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not like everybody, like when you have people all over the country saying that's the best game you've seen from a defensive player, that's crazy. And I know it's in the moment. Trust me, I'm 47 years old. That's not the best game a defensive player's ever played. Is no. it one of the best? It, it absolutely was a, a fantastic game. He was the difference in that game. He, uh, you know, the tipped interception was fantastic. The 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 touchdown. The he, you know he finally got to the quarterback. We've been saying all year, like when is JTT going to get to the quarterback? He did. He was. I will say that he was absolutely the deciding factor in that game. Which also leads me into concerns about Ohio State that we're, you know, we'll probably do more in the Buckeye remix. That's fine. Uh, Talent stepped up. JTT, that this is why you recruit five stars. But also, when you have people, you have LeBron James tweeting you, when you have college football analysts all over the country, you know, saying that's one of the greatest defensive games they ever saw, like you, without a doubt, you have to be one of the biggest winners of the week. Um, Mo, you're younger than me. and, And I mean that as a compliment. Um, how did you feel about the JTT game Saturday against Penn State? I'll put it like this. That's one of the best defensive performance I've seen from an Ohio State player. Yeah. I'm not going to measure it and be like, you know, don't forget about the guy who performed crazy in 1992. Don't forget about Nadamikin Sue, yeah. who had a crazy performance for Nebraska. But I'll say that's one of the best defensive performances from an Ohio State player defensively. And I say that because the way he played defensively mm-hmm. essentially led Ohio State to like take off in the fourth quarter, yeah. keep in the game. Essentially, the man had a sack fumble, a strip sack and recovered the fumble. The man had a pick six. The man had another interception early where all we had was a field goal and his interception put us up 10 to zero. Yeah. He had a couple sacks. He had a couple tackles for loss. Like everything he did is like, if you look at, forget what he did, forget the stats. Look at if we can check like the stats in the moment 
and be like everything that he did at the time that he did it was very key to the final yeah. result of what Ohio State did. And that's bigger to me than anything is like, all right, well, you can have two sacks, two interceptions or whatever. But like if you lose the game or if it's a lot closer, but in the moment, like, all right, you picked off a pick when we only got we offense only came with a field goal. And you you have an interception and it leads to a touchdown. That's that makes the interception even bigger. Then you have a strip sack for a fumble. And the biggest sack that he had gets forgotten about for the simple fact the next play turns into a pass interference that allows Penn State to have a first down. His sack on second and something turns it in or on third and 18 turns it into it would have been a big fourth down. But because he sacked them and it turned into a uh, or not, he didn't sack them. He pressured them. And because he was able to get it off and it turned into a, a, a pass interference, that's like that takes away everything he did for that play because of the pass interference. But he got to the quarterback, made him throw a bad pass. The corner wasn't able to do his part. JTT played absolutely amazing. And I'm not going to say yeah. it was the best performance I've ever seen defensively. But what I will say is it's one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen by a player in Big Ten history, let alone Ohio State defensive history. I definitely put him up there. Yeah, I I think that's totally fair. Like, I I think it's fair to like, there's, there's no way you can compare this. And as far as defensive, like, you know, how do you judge it? Like, I remember games where Antoine Winfield was so great for Ohio State that he he shut you know he shut a great receiver down and all like some like defense is so hard because everything's not stats like you can impact a game and you're like man that guy only had six tackles but like he was in the quarterback so what I will say is it was it was definitely one of the uh, better defensive performances and they needed it uh, Saturday so you know good for Ohio State so what's another what's another winner you got. Um, another winner I have to say is TCU. Like at the end okay. of um, a show I listen to is the Keyshawn J. Will and Mac show, and he talks about it with the NFL. Keyshawn Johnson says, All you gotta do is pocket wins. And Jeff, it refers to what you say. The loss column. Matters is the loss column, right? And TCU doesn't have one yet. And so, like the way you think and the way you and Keyshawn Johnson think, if you put together y'all thought process, it's equivalent. TCU was undefeated and we're going into the college football playoff first. And they're, co- they're coming off playing good teams. Like this isn't, yes, this isn't a TCU team the schedules. Yes. They, they've been tested. Like they have to keep, they have to keep rebounding week in and week out from a tough schedule. I think that's important about it. Yeah. And they have one of the tougher schedules outside of what Tennessee TCU has had the toughest schedule as far as being undefeated. I, yeah. Up to this point. And so I'm not saying they're the number two team. If I was to make a college football playoff ranking, and we'll do that a little later in the show, but TCU has to be a biggest winner because they just keep pocketing wins, pocketing wins. And every time you don't want to believe in TCU. And the biggest thing was on Phil Stormers, me and Walker talked about, he he didn't want to have TCU on up alert, upset alert because he's been riding with TCU up to this point. But part of him thought like, TCU might be on upset alert because they don't play well on the road yep. against West Virginia. And so they played well. They won 41 to 31. They backdoor covered with a late, deep touchdown pass. And so 
good teams win, great teams cover. That 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 goes with TCU, and I don't think that's an applicable scenario for everybody. But for TCU to just keep pocketing wins and pocketing wins and be undefeated, like essentially, this is a team that we are talking about controls their destiny to being a playoff team. If they are undefeated Big 12 team, how Big 12 champ team, how do we consider TCU not a playoff team? Right now, I totally agree. They've they've got through the schedule. Everybody was like, let's let's wait and see this. Let's wait and see this. They yep. they, they have one big test left. They have Texas, who I think is a good team, but now I don't think is as I don't think is as complete a team as I thought maybe you know a month ago. But it's still definitely like a test. Uh, they're going to play a good quarterback. It's all a, a lot of times like. I think quarterback, especially with the transfer portal, because we have so many good quarterbacks. You know, we, we had a discussion about this earlier in the chat about how many good quarterbacks there are in college football. I think that's become a big thing. So, like, if a team has a good quarterback, they got a chance. Yep. And so I give Texas a you know chance against TCU. TCU gets through that. Um, you know, their schedule lightens up a little bit for a few weeks. They're gonna have a Big 12 championship game against Big 12 does it different, so it's really hard to predict now. They they're probably gonna get now that you know Oklahoma State, you know, lost. It's it's but still probably Oklahoma State or maybe a, another Texas rematch or however it breaks down. Baylor, they're still a better team, you know. So yeah, I I totally agree. Um when we talk about the rankings, I'll I'll talk more about TCU. So another winner I had was my last winner of the week. Um and once I really looked at it, this was a weird one, but um, Oregon. And so not only has Oregon been on a roll for a month, like they, they've, they've, they've honestly played as good as any team in the country as far as like eye test for a month. But the ACC, like here's how I judge Oregon. Like they've got to jump Clemson. Like that, that's what I keep saying about Oregon. Like they've got to find a way to jump Clemson. Well, what happened this weekend Wake lost, um, you know, Notre Dame beats, murdered Syracuse. Uh, So now, like, Clemson doesn't really have much on their resume right now. I think Oregon has taken that step past them even. So that that was my biggest thing is that I think they'll forgive, especially if Georgia would beat Tennessee this week. If Georgia beats Tennessee this week, that, that that loss for Oregon is wiped out. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it's close, Oregon's fine. But I think Oregon had a good weekend. It was a, it was just another game to where they mowed through the competition. Knicks has played honestly; he's played as good as anybody in the country for for six games now. Um, but I thought that was a good weekend for them. I think they put themselves in position. Um, you know, with everybody in the Pac-12 having a loss now, I think they put themselves in position to to get in the playoffs. And I do think that any they. I don't think it'll take much of an excuse to jump Clemson at the end of the year because their schedule is just not going to hold up compared to a one-loss Pac-12 team. So I think Oregon had a pretty good, pretty good weekend. Yeah, I don't disagree. As far as it comes to Oregon, is like they've looked like one of the best teams in the country. <clears throat> um, outside of that Georgia loss, the only problem is with Oregon is will that committee forget the Georgia loss when it comes down to it. And I think they need some help. If they're the one loss Pac-12 champ uh, coming into the final playoff ranking, I think we'll, we'll kind of panel. It depends on who loses, who's where, what. But I think they'll need to forget about the Georgia loss. But it's hard 
to forget about how Georgia beat them in week one, even though we'll make excuses for a lot of other teams, how they looked in week one. It's tough when you get beat by 40 points to forget how you look like against a team who's probably or potentially a playoff team. So that's my only question with Oregon. One follow-up question though, who wins, who wins if they play Saturday, Oregon or Clemson? I would say Oregon beats Clemson. I, I do too. So I think I think that's going to play into it this year. So like I say, I th- again, I think Oregon's a winner because they they took care of business. I I think they've almost erased that loss early in the season. So I don't. What's what's your other what other winners you have? That that's what I had this week. Um, I probably more have a deeper list of losers. <laughs> um, we can start losers whenever you want. I'll just say one of my biggest winners. Um, is Notre Dame. And I'll say this because. Oh, okay. And going into, I've had them on my losers list like three times this year. Right. But going into field stormers, um, I predicted Notre Dame to win this game against Syracuse. And so really like my biggest winner is Marcus Williams because like he got the big win. Like when you look at a Notre Dame and you look at the first year head coach and you're looking at it moving forward is that your head coach has a huge or a big time win for the program as his first year head coach on his resume. And like, I get it, Syracuse. I go say, can I push back a little? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's all I was going to say is like, I don't, I don't want to be at the level to where like, well, we've lost three games, but we beat Syracuse. But that, I'm but, not even arguing with you. I just I'm just saying it out loud. And, and I and I'm with you. And so going into field stormers, what I said was that I think this could be the biggest win for him. And I think if Notre Dame can win this game, first off, they win but this. They game. did. They, they did win it soundly. Like Notre Dame yeah. looked really good against Syracuse, and I give them a fighting chance against Clemson. And that's what that yeah. was my point. On and why. against USC. And, and USC. Exactly. And that was my point and why I think if Notre Dame wins this game, this could be a big time win because they go in winning this big game. They feel like they could play with anybody. Mind you, if you're Notre Dame, we just played and beat soundly a team that should have beat Clemson. Right. So going into next week, you play Clemson. You feel like you can beat Clemson. And then you yep. play USC towards the end of the year. And so you're like, let's say hypothetically they beat Clemson. Now you're like, we could beat USC. And granted, they're still a three-loss team. But beating Syracuse, who should have beat Clemson, you're like, we beat a, a quality team. That's where, as a player, yeah. as a coach, that's where you pitch like that was a yeah. quality win. It doesn't matter what the national media thinks. It doesn't matter what we think. That's a quality win for the simple fact you and I know, both know Syracuse had an opportunity to beat Clemson, who has an opportunity to be a playoff team. And so at yeah. the end of the year, like that's what you're pitching to your players going into next week is like we just beat a team that had an opportunity to beat a playoff team. So what do you think we can do next week? And I'm not saying Notre Dame wins the game next week. I'm not saying they don't get blown out next week. But for this week, that was a huge win because – what did the head coach as a as a first year head coach and they had to win it. They had they, they as a had to win the game. It's not about the huge wins where we talk about top five teams, but at yeah. the same time, when you can beat a ranked team who looked really good against a Clemson team who has an opportunity of ending up being a playoff team, then look, 
in my first year, that's a solid win. And so for the head coach and for Notre Dame as a whole, as bad as they looked up to this point, and I picked them to beat Syracuse, but for them to beat Syracuse, I got to say they're one of the biggest winners. And I'm not going to go into detail, but what I'll say is going into next week, Ohio State is one of the biggest winners just for I was I, I, I see where you're going with it. And I like I'm it. not going to go too into we'll, detail. I don't we'll want to delve into Ohio it here in a minute. Show, but if Notre Dame beats Clemson as well, coming next week on your show, Ohio State becomes one of the biggest winners no yes. matter how bad they beat Northwestern yes. for Notre Dame and back-to-back weeks beating uh, Syracuse and Clemson. That's all I'm saying. No, that's fair. I like it. And and what I like what you did most there was you you uh, you 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 complimented Notre Notre Dame, but then also insulted them all at the same time. Right. And, and I love it. I love it. I, I I love the technique and yeah, great, great moral victory, Notre Dame. They're stacking moral victories this year. Um, great for you. Uh all right, let's <laughs> No, that's seriously though. I, I do agree with you. Uh, let's switch to the losers. Um, let me see. I'll start. I'll start. I think this is an easy one, and it's it's not because of how close I am to the situation. It's not how much how much I care. I think everybody would agree. James Franklin, um, big time loser. Like he's it's a, it's another season. He's got you know he's got a honestly. I mean, I'm not even making it sounds funny when I say it. He's got a six year quarterback. He's got a good team, a good defense. You know, they're ranked highly, you know, coming into the season. They got everything going their way. They go, they go down to Auburn. They, you know, kick the shit out of, you know, an SEC team. Uh-huh. And then Penn State with two chances to beat the best teams, not just not in not in the conference, not in America, or whatever, in their side of a conference. Um, you know, got beat twice. Like at some point, you know, he's got to you know he's got the he's got to knock one of these teams off. Like I I don't know I don't know where you're at as Penn State as being like yes we have the third best team in our division. Um, it's a great division. I understand. It's just like like it's like the SEC West. It's the same thing as like you can be really good and not even get to your conference championship game. But Franklin had it. He had the lead in the fourth quarter. Everything's gone and and they couldn't finish it again at Penn State. So I think it's a uh, I think I think Franklin's a, a really good coach, but also at some point, like you, you got to get over the hump. Yeah. So if I go first off, I agree with you a hundred percent. And that's kind of the question around James Franklin is like, how good can he make Penn State? And essentially, you're third behind Michigan, who formerly won the Big Ten last year, and Ohio State, who's consistently the Big Ten champion winners, Big Ten East winners on their side. So. You have to look at it like that. So we talked about a couple people um, pre-show. So Jeff, I'm I'm a mess your mind up. The okay, let's do this. Loser, Clemson. Okay. No. No. Hey, Clemson's my. Just so you know, on my notes, Clemson's my second biggest loser. So let's do this and see and see. Here's what I, I looked at, and we had a common biggest loser, but we could talk about how they got blown out. Who cares? Clemson didn't play a game this week, right? Wake Forest gets the brains yeah. beat out of them. On top of that, Syracuse, gets Syracuse the brains lost. beat out of them by Notre Dame, right? And so those were the two key wins. 
for Clemson. And now, like, both of those teams have two losses, but not only do they have two losses, Wake Forest got the brains beat out of them by Louisville, who everybody kind of thought that Wake Forest was a better team than Louisville. Essentially, Syracuse wasn't a high favorite, but they were a favorite over Notre Dame, and they lost. And so their two biggest wins turn into L's, which gives the two biggest wins to two lost teams. And so I look at it like this. If I if I was to measure it as of right now, the top teams in the country, TCU, Ohio State, Tennessee, Bama, and Georgia, if your biggest wins was against two lost teams, we would be killing you as far as strength of schedule. So yep. As good Clemson controls their own destiny, and I think they should and could. I don't think they do anymore. It it'll be an indictment on them if they don't finish as undefeated ACC champs. Yeah. That will be an indictment on Clemson, and they probably won't make the playoffs. But as at this point now, they should and could, or could and should, however you want to put it, finish as undefeated ACC champs. But I think they're the first undefeated conference champs that we will question, and I'm not talking about we as far as you as me. You and me will question them, of course, but I think that'll be the first undefeated conference champ that at the end of the day when the committee has to sit in a room and tell me and tell the rest of the world and tell you guys and you like like you and me who will have to debate on who the four best teams in the country are, I think that'll be the first time the committee will have to take an undefeated team and have a serious conversation about are they one of the four best teams in the country and I think based on these losses the committee could decide and I'm not saying they will but they could decide that Clemson is not one of the four best teams in the country and what that takes is that pitches guys like me who feels like it should be a 12-team playoff in the first place, yes. but it won't satisfy people. It'll it'll please guys like you and me who feel like it should be a 12-team playoff in the first place, but it won't satisfy people who are okay with the 14 playoff as of right now because Clemson is the one team that I could see being undefeated conference champs. And depending on how the rest of the conferences shake out, they could get screwed being undefeated. And that's kind of unheard of because if Ohio State's undefeated, if Georgia's undefeated, if TCU's undefeated, USC has a loss. But if USC was undefeated, we would we wouldn't question them. I think if Clemson finishes undefeated conference champs with those two teams losing, Here. we'll question them between who gets in between them and Oregon, and Clemson is undefeated. And that that's what's crazy to me. It is crazy. Um, I also had Clemson on my list, like I said, for everything you said. This is the first week that I thought Clemson might not, you know, control their own path. But here's what bothers me. It's if crazy you're, being undefeated. Listen, control your here's own. my problem. It's crazy. I, I got Oregon jumping them. I think Oregon's better. Mm-hmm. I think Oregon's like done enough. And I think if they both went out, Oregon's. Here's my problem. If you're going to let Cincinnati in last year, which essentially you said all you have to do is win all your games. I don't know how you can leave Clemson out this year. Whether I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying whatever. That's the one thing that bothers me is I'm like, I don't I don't know how they could justify like not letting Clemson in when they just let Cincinnati in last year. And that that bugs me. Even though I do have I do have 
spoiler alert, I do have Clemson on the outside looking in at this moment. My problem is how much is that loss column going to matter? But Clemson had a bad weekend because I, everything you said, Wake, Syracuse, we'll, we'll see what they look like in Notre Dame. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It, it benefits Ohio State. It benefited Cincinnati last year. If Clemson can smack Notre Dame, Notre Dame's a fine, just an average team. If they smack Notre Dame, you get a ton of credit for beating Notre Dame. Like you just yep. do. I don't, it's stupid. It's something like it's, it's, it's from 50 years of college football or 100 years of college football, something about beating Notre Dame, you get more credit. So if, and Dabo knows this. So I would not be surprised if he pulls out all the stops, great game plan, beats the snot out of Notre Dame, which I think right now Ohio State beats Notre Dame by 30. I really, I honestly yep. do. But they didn't. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like where they're at now. If Clemson, if Clemson does that, then I think they've corrected everything, and then all they have to do is win out. So, you know, but but I do agree that just like I said about High State on their bye week, they had a tough week. Clemson, same situation. Yeah. Uh, so I think we both, we both. Here's another one. We I think we both have. So I'll go ahead and start this one. Go ahead. Um, and th- this is just kind of fun. I, I hate to go. I hate to go at people on my list, but I don't want to say Kentucky. I want to say Will Levis is one of my biggest losers. And again, I want to tell everybody, I don't think these people are actual losers. It, you know, you, you, everybody gets what I'm saying here. This guy might have a fine life and raise beautiful children. He had a bad weekend of college football. Horrible. Will Levis, who, who people are trying to convince me could be a first-round NFL pick, which that's a whole different argument about like why we insist on there has to be you know, starting quarterbacks come out of every draft. I don't even know what the reason for that is. 1984, shout out to Stewart. The 1984 philosophy, like that you have to draft starting quarterbacks every year is ridiculous. They're trying to tell me that this kid is, you know, he's going to go in the first round. He possibly might be the first quarterback taken. (laughs) He plays Tennessee, time to shine, right? And we talked about it. Tennessee's pass defense gives up yards. Bryce Young torched them. Will Levis had 98 yards and three interceptions. That's the end of stat line. That's the end of the stat line. That's it. He could have lost the game and thrown two touchdowns. 98 yards, Mo. In today's in today's football, for a quarterback that you're going to tell me should start for an NFL team next year. So I'm I'm sorry, but I just I just can't buy it. He's on my biggest losers list. And I, I think that you saw the same thing I did Saturday night. <laughs> Oh, 100%. I, I, I was looking at Henry Hooker and Will Levis as far as that game because I'm like, you know, okay, people are trying to convince me that Henry Hooker isn't an NFL quarterback and it's really based on age as opposed to anything else. But people are trying to convince me that Will Levis yeah. is a first-round draft pick. And he looked absolutely horrible. Like, you can't get me 100 yards on one of the worst good teams – and I'll say this: I don't know where Tennessee ranks. When, when that, like, let's let's be honest, Tennessee would have let you just throw the ball. Yeah, they let they would have been happy to just throw the ball. Like, and I, and I, I don't know where Tennessee works ranks against like overall college football, but I know they have one of the worst pass defenses as far as good teams. And so, if you're an NFL quarterback, you're able to exploit that. AKA Bryce Young. Like Bryce Young was able to do that and he lost to Tennessee in a shootout because it essentially in that game it came down to whose secondary could shut down the NFL quarterback. And essentially, 
you know, Hendon Hooker was able to come over everybody, but Will Levis, he played horrible. Like, not even <laughs> he's played horrible in most games. The interceptions, like, but you know what the problem is? Is like, and and I'll say this, Jeff, and I don't want. To say I'm gonna say, do you want me to say it or do you want to say? It? I'll let you say it. Go ahead, go ahead, Jeff, because I don't want to say it on your show. Is the, are you we talking about that he's tall and white and people yeah, just can't get go. past it? He so looks the, he it. looks the part. Yeah, so Jeff said it. So now if you elaborate on it, here's here's like he's like, Josh Allen. They yeah, want he's him got, to be the next Josh Allen. As soon as they say like you know he's got a when they say arm talent, like okay, we know what you're saying. Uh, we we know what you're saying. Like he's got arm talent. Like yeah. oh, great. He's a he's a they. And here's the thing. Here's what I've heard about Levis. If you if you get into an interview with him. Um, he like you're gonna love the guy. He says everything right, and I don't. I do not doubt that he might be, you know, a great CEO, you know, for a company someday. The, he's he's not playing good quarterback at Kentucky as to where they would let you just throw the ball at will and pad stats and and lose the game. Like you you couldn't break. A hundred yards on a team that we keep saying has that their one weakness is pass defense. So it, it is what it is. He he for some people won't come off of it. He looks the part. You know he walks the walk. He talks the talk. Um, everybody's yeah. The the whole Josh Allen thing. He's not Josh Allen. He's but not a starter. He's he's looking he, for. Is they're looking I, for the next? Listen, yeah. I will tell you like this, Jeff, and you understand. He's Zach Will Zach Wilson. Same thing. CJ Stroud is the next Patrick Mahomes. Why? Because he's a light-skinned quarterback. And Will Levis is the next Josh Allen because he's a tall, white, big-arm quarterback. That's what it is. We're trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes and the next Josh Allen. Not Obviously not you and me understand, but as far as the overall people, it's easier. Like The next Josh Allen – when when you show signs of greatness, who Josh Allen is probably what first or second best quarterback Ooh. in the NFL. He's Pat- the best quarterback in the NFL. Now I think Patrick Mahomes, but either way, you're picking C.J. Stroud and Will Levis as like Stroud is the next Patrick Mahomes. Why? Yeah. Because he's the lightest skin <laughs> quarterback heading into the NFL draft, and you pick John or you pick yeah, that, uh, Will Levis. Why? Because he's the whitest quarterback heading into the NFL draft. Let me guess. Will Levis. Will Levis is. Will Levis is sneaky athletic. Let me guess. Will Levis is sneaky athletic. I can't even say about him. It's ridiculous, man. Uh, But you're right. You're you're so right. It's such. It's it's lazy. It's lazy evaluations. It's the easiest Um, way to. But I think that was a bad week for everybody. Like it wasn't a great schedule, and everybody's like, "Hey, let's watch this kid play," and you're like. Whatever, like let's let's just compare it. Let's compare it to the guy that he's trying to jump coming into the season. Everybody knows C.J. Stroud, number one, number one quarterback, you know, rated him. And then it's a, it, it, probably coming into the season Hooker, right? Yeah, well, Hooker's come up, but when coming into the season, but I'm saying like Levis is trying to jump Stroud for that spot, right? So Stroud had an a decent game Saturday and threw for 350 beat a good team and had a touchdown and didn't make any major mistakes. Like you, there is no way that you can, like you can watch the two against similar opponents and be like, 
Yeah, either one of them I'll take. Like you gotta be kidding me. And you uh, said whatever. that you said, you said Tennessee is facing a similar opponent. They're, they're very well, similar Ohio opponents. State is facing a similar opponent. Yep. But vice versa is that Sean Clifford is facing a similar opponent, even though I think Ohio State's defense is better than Tennessee's defense. But what Tennessee showed us is that when it matters, their defense is viable and, and, yeah. and can play really well in a game that they need to get up for. And Sean Clifford had the game of his life. Oh and Will Levis looked like I will say like I will say cool. that I will say that Ohio State would be Kentucky forty to nothing. Like right. Kentucky's Kentucky, but I, I agree with what you're saying. I agree. Yeah, I totally, Sean Clifford looked absolutely competent against yes, there you go he looked competent which statistically is 10 times better than the Tennessee defense yeah. and it took us taking a de- Tennessee defense seriously against what we're a huge NFL yeah. Will Levis like all I'm saying is nobody everybody talked about and, and Joel Klatt did this because that's one outside of you that I listen to for college football and Joel Klatt said look Tennessee's defense is not that good their past defense is weak and so it took their defense. Was it Tennessee's defense stepping up or was it Will Levis showing us that he's just not? That I think good? it was. I think, I think, oh. I think I'll, I'll end it on this. Sean Clifford's better than Will Levis. And I, and I mean that sincerely. Um, before you get great. to your, before you get to your last loser, if you have any more, I got to get to one more. This is a special request from, uh, uh, Chris LeBron, president of Off the Ball Network. Uh, I put it in the losers category because he asked me to talk about the uh, Miami Hurricanes' triumphant win over the Virginia Cavaliers Saturday. Bro, Loser. they played a game. Like these are two college football teams: Miami Hurricanes. You've heard of them. Virginia yeah, Cavaliers. Heard. You've heard of them. They, through four quarters, each of them kicked two field goals, so it was six six going into overtime, and it took. Uh, Hold on here. This is this is true. It took four overtimes to decide a game that went into overtime at six six. So um, I don't know what more to say about it. I just promised him I would. Um, it, all I can say is Miami won. Virginia didn't. Uh, that's about all I got to say about that. Yeah, Jeff. I'm not going to. I think the, the biggest losers was people who had to watch that game. I will 100% agree with you. The biggest losers is the people who had to watch it. The people who had to watch it. But I love Chris. The six, I love Chris. And I, I, I promised him I'd talk about it. I love Chris, too. But going six to six, going into overtime. Who is six? In the hell? It's 2022. Who in the hell wants to watch that kind of game? It's as if Will Levis played against himself. Yeah, like I want to see points. Who in the hell wants to watch a six to six game? And you know what's crazy? If it was the NFL, it would have potential to be a good game. Six to six in college football is turn this crap off and we're not talking about it. The only reason myself and Jeff are talking about it is because our guy, Chris, wants us to talk about it. Because if you ask me, Six to six going into overtime. I don't give a damn who's playing. I don't want to talk about it. It's a bad game. It's a horrible game. Six to hey, six. Wait. So wait. About uh, scoring seven, wait. winning the game. Let's let's dig into this. 
Oh, oh my God. Let me, let, no, let's do this real quick. I got to read off. I got to read off the drives. Oh my God. What, I'm just going to read them off. I'm not ready. Uh, punt, 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 field goal. <laughs> Hold on. Field goal. So there's a bit of a barrage there. Two field goals in a row. Hold on. Punt, turnover on downs, punt, field goal. Punt, punt, field goal, and then field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal in in overtime, <laughs> um, and then a two point rush by Jake Garcia. <laughs> Jesus. In the they fourth got, they got to where they only were playing for two point conversions. Jeff, they went to four overtimes and won fourteen. To I forgot. Wait, Why I forgot did about bring up that game, bro. Bro, I forgot about that weird two point conversion after what? What is overtime? it? Overtime three is okay. two point conversions. Jeff, fourteen to twelve after four overtimes. So I just Why are we even discussing this game? This Shout is, this is the last time I'm gonna say it. I paid money, I bought tickets, I drove to this game, and it was punt, 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 punt. The worst game in college football history, okay. college football, modern history. Since 2015, that was one of the worst games for the simple fact we are in 2022. Nobody is watching college football for a 14 to 12 and four overtime games. If if it was 1998. Everybody would tell me that was one of the greatest games they've watched, but we're in 2022, 14 to 12 and four overtimes is one of the worst games we've ever watched. And I never want to talk about it. And I wish my eyes could get that back for that score. Okay. So uh, there you go, Chris. Um, that was as nice as I could be. Here's what I'll say. The last thing I'll say on it, a, a, a win's a win, a, 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 allegedly. So Mo, <laughs> outside of everybody that had to watch that game, or hear about that game, or talk about the game. Uh, you got any other losers for the week before we move yeah, on? And I'm not going to harp on them because we can move on after this, and I'll say yeah. it, and then you'll just repeat it. Oklahoma State, and that's it. Disappointing yes. Oklahoma State. One of the worst losses by a good team in a decade. Yeah, I don't need to say any more. Anybody who bet on college football, anybody who watches college football, anybody who thought the outcome of the game was going to be totally different, Oklahoma State is the biggest loser, and I don't need to say anymore. I'm not going to go into detail. They suck. Yeah. They got smacked by a backup quarterback. And you should be disappointed. I feel like this is a personal attack. I feel like this is a personal attack. No, it's not because Jeff. Mo, Mo, at one point, I had Kansas number eight in my rankings. Jeff, I was riding with you on Oklahoma State because outside of their one loss, they proved you to be correct and correct and correct. One of the, so it, it's not a shot at you. It wasn't even, it wasn't even that close. It wasn't even that close. I can't believe, like, here's my thing, is you've been so big on Oklahoma State, and I've been riding with you, like, <clears throat> just like Walker's been so big on TCU, and I'm like, I'm riding with you because I see Shout it. Shout out to Walker. He's and so for them to beat so bad, like, you didn't see it. I didn't see it. I was rocking with you. That's just, that made it oblivious to all of us. Like that was not a loss I've seen at all. Forty-eight to zero. Yeah. I don't even blame you for having them in your top ten, Jeff. You to know, Kurt Warner's boy. I didn't. To Kurt Warner's boy. Yeah, that was horrible. 
He wasn't even starting quarterback. Uh, anyway, uh, terrible, terrible. Actually, the answer is Oklahoma State was the biggest loser of the weekend. Oh, they're the big. No coming back for it. No coming back or from that. Um, no, terrible. their season's over at that point. Oh, all right. So um, we'll move on to what did we learn this week. It was a tough one for me. Um, I went kind of back and forth. Um, what I basically come up with, and this, this isn't, this isn't an epiphany. Talent still prevails in college football. If you can, if you can stay close, this is why you recruit. This is why, like you, you bring the, you know, the the big name talent there. This is why you go through the transfer portal. It will eventually show up. Ohio State won the game. They just were more talented in the end. It wasn't coaching. They got out coached. They they didn't they didn't have more effort. They had better players, especially JTT, uh, Stroud, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Like they just had more talent. It showed up. And then as I watched across, like Tennessee is just better than Kentucky. Like you know, as far as like they could play that game ten times. Tennessee's at some point. Talent still prevails in college football. I know that's not like the biggest thing, but like you try to look at all the X's and O's. But as we get late into the season, you're like, nah. Sometimes if you're bigger and faster you still have a, a good chance to win in college football. That was my, that was my, like, I shouldn't say what did I learn it should be what, what was, what was um, reiterated to me this week in college football. Yeah. I'll say, and, and I'm going off the realm of it's not, what did I learn? But what did I see is this next week could shake up college football for the worst and put the college football committee in the worst predicament that they could ever be in. And I say it like this because there are two games that the outcome for the rest of the college football season could put the committee in the worst predicament they've ever been in. If I don't care who wins out of Tennessee and Georgia, that game, if LSU beats Alabama, that now puts now going into next week talking about this that puts the committee in the toughest predicament I think they've ever been in while rooting or while making who the four best teams are if LSU after this past past week and LSU and Alabama both had bye weeks Tennessee winning the way they did if Tennessee loses to Georgia and LSU beats Alabama. My what I learned oh, is my. this will be the toughest predicament going into the following week rankings, let alone for the rest of the season. The committee has ever been in since the start of the college football playoff. And I'm here for it. I hope here's my <laughs> thing. Here's how I hope it shakes. I hope Tennessee beats Georgia because look, Jeff, I've been on Tennessee since preseason. We're going to talk about that game here in a minute. So we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I, I've been on Tennessee since preseason. I told people that Tennessee was going to be a team to watch out for going into the season. And I hope LSU beats Alabama because if LSU beats Alabama, you know what it makes. LSU is the leader on that <laughs> side of the SEC yep. because one of their, their two lost team they're not just the leader. They're going to win it. They're going to yeah. win the division. And one of their losses is outside of the SEC, which means they're only a one-loss SEC team. And if I jump further, what I hope is LSU rematches against Tennessee and LSU wins the SEC. Give me a two-loss SEC championship to shake up. Give me a two-loss SEC championship 
to shake up the whole entire college football playoff. And now we get to hand it to committee and like, here, tell me who the four best teams are. Everything is shooken up. Give Clemson undefeated, Ohio State undefeated, TCU undefeated, a one loss, one loss, one loss, Oregon. Yeah, a two loss SEC champion LSU, uh, a one loss Georgia, a, a two loss. Look, give me everything parody to tell me what is y'all's real thought process and what do y'all really value? Because that would be the way to tell me how they value it, and that would be the way to prove the guys like you and me. Who feel like there's need there need that would be the best scenario for guys like you and me who feels like there needs to be a 12 team playoff. No matter how the wind blows, you and guys like you and me will look perfect for saying yeah. there should be a 12 team playoff because somebody's gonna get screwed. I don't know who it'll be, but we will come back and be like, that's why there needs to be a 12 team playoff. I don't care if LSU gets in and Clemson doesn't and Oregon doesn't, however it shakes, you and me will look. Perfect, Jeff. We'll be able to wear a suit yeah. tonight and look perfect in our take <laughs> as far as why we need a twelve team playoff. No, that I though I hadn't I haven't done my like you know I I'll do my chaos scenarios coming up soon. I I kind of I'm waiting till after this week, but you're ahead of the game. Like that's, you're already. Like, I was gonna I day. was gonna wait till next week to talk about this. I love everything you said. That would be perfect. Um, yeah, I got thoughts about like two loss LSU versus a one loss Georgia that didn't make the championship game. Then you got Clemson sitting there and you got a, the or a Oregon sitting there. Um, there's the even a scenario to where there. there's even a scenario where you got a one loss big 10 team. That's like that. Like, I, I love it. Uh, absolute so, chaos. Well, absolute chaos next year. Uh, I mean, sir, I, I love it. Great job. So. On that note, we'll just kind of spin this in. We, we've kind of dabbled on it. Uh, let's talk about what we're watching this week. We both know that there's mm-hmm. there's two giant games, and then there's one you know interesting game. I'll start off. One, uh, a, a great matchup this week. We're, we're Tennessee-Georgia play. Um, Tennessee's really good. Georgia, we know is really good, but they've they're one of these teams that have just kind of batted batted the toys around. You know what I mean? All. You know, all year it's like a cat playing with a mouse instead of just pouncing on it. Tennessee's been tested. They've already beat Alabama, which whatever you think of this Alabama team, they're good. They're mm-hmm. physical. They're well coached. And Tennessee has already beat them. And Georgia, their biggest win is over, you know, an Oregon team that wasn't this Oregon team. Like I'm I'm willing I'm willing to say that this Oregon team is way better than week one Oregon team. But I still think this Oregon team loses by three touchdowns to Georgia. Well, yeah, okay. We may we probably well, three touchdowns. Yeah, I'll give you that. 42. Like I think they lost by five. Yeah, I mean, I think they lose forty two to twenty one. They lost by seven touchdowns the first yeah. time. But what I'm saying is uh Georgia's getting all the credit for week one, but we're so far away from week. We're two months from yeah. that game. Yeah. Um what I don't even what I'll tell you here. Okay, I'll give you my here's what I'm looking for going into it. Uh, Tennessee can attack Georgia in the secondary. I think Georgia, if you're like a you know, a blended team, you know what I mean? Like you have a good mix of run and pass, or if you're a running team, Georgia's going to eat you alive. Tennessee, I think, goes into this game, doesn't even doesn't really focus on the run game, just goes at it. I think that Georgia, I think that Georgia can give up yards in the secondary. And I think Tennessee has the guys to do it. And I think on the other side of it, I think Georgia 
can run the ball at Tennessee, but I think Tennessee would be happy to like they're going to be like, all right, you, if you want to run for three hundred yards on us, fine. We're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna create a shell defense back here. We're gonna make uh we're gonna make Bennett throw the ball. We think you've only got. I don't think Georgia's receivers are that good. I don't think they're as good as Alabama's. I don't think they have the passing attack that Alabama does. Um, I don't think Bowers is the freak that people think, even though I think he's a very good player. And I think the matchup is actually bad for Georgia, and I'm taking Tennessee in this game. What's your thoughts on the Tennessee-Georgia game? I'm with you, Jeff. I'm riding. Like, look, I I went into the season telling everybody that Tennessee was going to be a lot better than they thought. I felt like Tennessee... I didn't necessarily, I, I put it like this. I didn't think they were going to be a national championship contender, but I felt like they were going to be. You S- said they were going to be really good and they, I, they're they're really good. And I said they were going to be really good. And here's where I thought they would cap out at is that I think they will be really good and could win the SEC, but not win the national championship. And so I undersold how good I thought Tennessee was going to be because as of right now, and we'll talk about it in a second because I know we're coming up on the wrap up and we'll talk about it. Tennessee could win a national championship. They are in the same conversation yeah. as Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, um, TCU, Michigan. They are right there and they might be leading more teams than not. And I love it because, you know, Jeff, my whole family's like my it's whole great. Hey, Jeff, my whole white side of, of my family is Tennessee fans. It's just your family, man. It don't yeah, have to be your white side. Yeah, but it is. Like, it's because, you know, everybody else is Ohio State fans, and my white side is Tennessee fans. And so I'm in the middle right here, and that's where I, I had to pick and choose, and I had to pick Ohio State. But at the end of the day, I think Tennessee can win this game. I know it's on the road, but. Man, I think Tennessee is going to have an opportunity to prove why they're the best team in the country at this point in time. And I think, full disclosure, disclosure, Tennessee's my number one team in the country right now. And I think they're going to have to talk about that here in a second. Um, Just full disclosure, who my number one team is. So you already know who it is. Yeah. Tennessee's the best team in the country on resume. Based on future opponents, which is next week against Georgia. And I think, listen, Jeff, I think they get the job done. Dude, I I think, I think, I here's, I'll just say it plain and simple. I think Tennessee is a is a better football team right now than Georgia is, and that doesn't mean that I think Georgia's bad. I just think Tennessee's better. I think Hooker has to be. I think Hooker has just he's just got it. He's figured it out. Like every, like he just, he, he looks the part, he acts the part. Like I, there's, I have no doubts in him. I think Tennessee wins this game. I think they're having a special season. I think it's kind of like 2019 LSU to where like, I, we, we doubt them because of past history, but that doesn't mean anything. Like what Tennessee did last year means nothing. What they did two years ago means nothing. What they did three years ago. This is this team for this game. I think it's a bad matchup for Georgia. I think this is one of the few games that matches up, you know, bad against Georgia. And I think Tennessee wins. Another game we're watching. We already you already talked about it. Um, Alabama LSU for everything you said. I I don't know how these teams match up against each other, but I think the implications for everything you said about the playoffs. It's a, it's a huge game. It's a fun game to watch. It's two big brands, two Ooh. good teams. C- can can we seriously see like we can seriously see a two loss Alabama team with no chance to win the SEC? Definitely not going to go to the playoffs. Like that would be 
that would be huge coming. You got a Heisman winner at quarterback. Um, you came into the season ranked one or two, like how everybody had you. Mm. Can Brian Kelly come in his first year and knock off Alabama and possibly is it possible possibly start the end of the downfalls of the Saban era? Like these are the narratives that are going to play, or does Alabama take care of business and they're like, we're going to win the West? You know, here we whoever comes out of the East, we got a shot at the playoffs. Like the implications in this game, I think, mean more than like the actual game. Do I see Jaden Daniels beating Alabama? I don't. I think Alabama wins this game, but it is going to be raucous if they do. Jeff, I'm taking LSU. Okay, why? Tell me why. So. First, Tell me why Bryce Young's not going to win this game. I don't so, understand what you're saying. First off, I've personal liabilities of like one of my closest friends is an LSU fan. And two weeks ago, we talked about this situation for this game right here. And this was two weeks ago when nobody else was thinking about it. Like if LSU beats Alabama, I, Alabama is vulnerable. If there was a coach that I think could pull out their vulnerabilities it would be Brian Kelly, and I'm going to tell you why. Myself and Walker feel like Brian Kelly is a great coach. The man has yeah. coached Notre Dame to everything but a national championship. And so if I rate his resume with everybody else, he matches up with pretty much everybody except Nick Saban. That's Ryan fair. Day has coached Ohio State up to everything but a national championship. Coach O ended up getting a national championship and falling on the wayside. Notre Dame made a national championship. They were able to play for a national championship. They were able to make the playoffs. Brian Kelly is at the very least no worse than Lincoln Riley. And so do I think that Brian Kelly in this opportunity can get his guys up to beat Alabama? I 100% think so. The man is a great coach. At the end of the day, He didn't leave Notre Dame because he failed. He didn't leave Notre Dame because he was sorry of a coach and they were four and eight or whatever it is at the end of the season. He left Notre Dame because there was more money to be had and more legacy to chase coaching in the SEC as opposed to coaching for Notre Dame. He might have capped out at Notre Dame. But I think he also seen that the opportunity at LSU was like, I can accumulate more talent. I, there's a lot of pitches I can get, and I think I can win the SEC. And so right now, yes, he lost to Florida State early, and he lost another game, but at the same time, they got quality wins. They smacked the crap out of Ole Miss, who we would say is a very good team. I won't say they're great, but they're a very good team. So if there's a guy who I think up to this point in his first year at LSU, if he could make a stamp on what he plans to do at LSU in the future, it would be by beating Alabama. And I think Brian Kelly can do it. They have the talent. They have Kayshawn Boutte, who's one of the one of the best wide receivers in the country. They have Jaden McDaniels, who I don't care where you put him as an NFL wide receiver. Did, I really don't care. Did but, you just make did you just turn Jaden Daniels white by calling him Jaden McDaniels? Oh, did I say Jaden McDaniels? You called him McDaniels. Well, Jaden Daniels, and and I was high on him transferring to LSU from Arizona State because great, great, great decision. I love the kid. Do it all, and I don't care 
I always look at it, and Jeff, you and me have these conversations. The NFL is separate from college, and what Jaden Daniels can do at the NFL at the college football level, I don't care if he's not a draftable quarterback. This man is the leading rusher on his team, and he's the leading passer. He can do it all. He's essentially the Lamar Jackson of the LSU Tigers, and I think we've seen a secondary that can be had. We've seen a rust defense that can be had in Alabama. And so when I'm looking at a quarterback that can have his way against them just by himself, and they have solid running backs, they have one of the top wide receivers in Kayshawn Boutte, I'm I'm taking LSU. It just, I think this is a game where we finally cancel Alabama at least for a year as far as really being national champion contenders. And plus, I'm hoping for LSU to win, shake the whole college for. Make me show me the college football playoff committee's true colors by being a two loss SEC champ with everybody else handling business. Let the committee's colors show so that guys like you and me, Jeff, who've been promoting 12 team playoffs for ever since it's been mentioned that it happens because guys like you and me can sit back and be like, we told you. It should have been happening for the simple fact the committee finally showed their true colors. So I'm taking out LSU. I, I I I appreciate everything you just said. I don't agree. I, I I don't agree as much as I want LSU to win. I wouldn't I, think expect, Al- I wouldn't no, expect- no, I'm saying like I think Alabama's going to win, but I everything you said makes sense. I just think that I just think the matchups are bad. I don't think I I just think uh, the athleticism, especially uh, in that front seven of Alabama, is going to be a little too much for Daniels. If they were to blow out LSU, I wouldn't be surprised. And so I'll say this on here: like I'm picking LSU, but if 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 Bama was to blow out LSU, I wouldn't be surprised. But if it's a close game, I'm taking LSU. I'm taking. I I want it. I want it to be a close close game. game. I like I for everything you said, especially like you like. You talk about the playoff implications and everything. So one more game that we're not going to break down that we both had on our list. Um, Clemson-Notre Dame is this weekend. It, it, it goes like this. Clemson has to win this game because they have to win every game. They have to look good doing it. Notre Dame's got a bit of momentum. Um, if Notre Dame wins, it's going to you know embolden the high State's resume. It's going to embolden you know, you know, Syracuse's resume and all these things. So... It the game matters, but I also think I think it could be a fun game to watch. But I don't think either team is that that big of an impact as far as the landscape of college football. But as far as like the storylines and everything, it's a big game. So I you know I know you had this on your list too. So just get, give it. We'll get a couple points here, and then we'll talk about our top four. I'm taking Notre Dame. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking Notre Dame for the simple fact, Jeff. Look. They beat Syracuse. Sy- they beat Syracuse soundly. It looks like Notre Dame is rolling into their end of the season form. And so I think if Syracuse had rolled into their end of season form a week early, they beat Clemson. I think Clemson can be had. I think there's a quarterback controversy there. I think this is a game where we could look at DJU and be like, it's time to bench him or. You know, it's time to stick with him and we'll finish out the season. We'll figure it out because Klubnik, Kate Klubnik will be the starting quarterback from here on out. Um, Going from maybe even the bowl game or going from this game on. But the way Notre Dame played, I think they figured it out. And so 
I think going into this season, we we didn't look at Notre Dame as a top five team, but they were a good team going. I would have pro- I would have probably had them twenty. Right, and so as a good team at twenty, I think the twentieth best team going into this season can beat Clemson. And so I'm taking Clemson to win this game. They're coming off a big game. I think they turn around. I think they got the momentum. I think the coach, the the first year head coach, you know, former Ohio State Buckeye Marcus Williams is able to get this out. Definitely former. Definitely former because he doesn't feel like he wants any part of the Buckeye. So he's he's a former Buckeye. But it has nothing to do with how it makes Ohio State look. No, not at all. Because if they were to get blown out by Clemson, it doesn't make. No, it. I don't think. I don't think if Notre Dame loses, it it matters. But I think if they win, it helps. If, right. if we have to have, if we have, to have an argument, win situations for Clemson for Ohio State because like if Clemson blows out Notre Dame, it's just like all right, who cares? We've already counted out exactly in the first place after they lost to Marshall. It's like we counted them out as a quality win yep. for Ohio State. But if they win this game, we're like, oh, okay, they finally turned it around. But what right. I'm thinking is that Notre Dame has finally turned it around and they're heading into final final season form, which is what we're looking at for very good teams, good teams, and national championship contenders. For the next four weeks, we're looking at everybody being in national championship yeah. form. We're looking at being bowl season form. Well, I, I said it earlier. I said it earlier today. There's only about there's only 12 teams left who are even eligible to win the championship. Right. I don't care about anybody else. Like, right. There's only 12 but, teams left right. who who can possibly. And I'm counting LSU. I'm counting Kansas State. Like, counting, there's maybe 12 teams. So, yeah, no, you're perfectly right. This is a it's a good. This is what it, it's a cliche. It's a measuring stick game. Like if yeah. Like, We'll see how Clemson looks. We'll see how Notre Dame looks. Um, I'm I'm glad that Notre Dame has the three losses because if they have two losses or one losses, one loss, they play this game and all of a sudden they're like, I don't want them to be in the conversation. I don't need them to be in the conversation. But um, you know, world record for Mo Murphy has uh, picked them to win the game. All right, here we go. We're gonna do our top four predictions. Now, all this this is kind of like you can do it your way. You can do your top four teams, or you, I'm, I kind of did what I think the committee is going to say Tuesday night. I'll probably do a I'll probably do a reaction show Tuesday night about the committee. That's kind of my a tradition. Uh, for the record, the first ever you know playoff uh, um, came out. You know, high state wasn't in it. They won the championship one year. They were number one coming in. Like so, it's just something I do. So. I'll, I'll start with my top four. This is kind of how I think it's going to go, not necessarily mine. I've got my own top four coming out later. My graphics had a little trouble today, so I have to reveal it later. Uh, I got Tennessee. I think is going to be number one because of everything you said. They've 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 got they've done everything they could do to be the number one team. Uh, I think Georgia is going to be two, and I'm mm-hmm. saying this right now. I know that's stupid because they play this weekend, but the committee will do this. Um, I don't have them like I know that Tennessee and Georgia can't be number two after they play. The committee will do this. I got OSU at three, High State at three, and I've got TCU at four because of everything we've said about Clemson. I like TCU just has the resume and the early, the early, early. Uh, rankings by these committees have always been the early ones have always been based on resume and they always set it up. So the teams like kind of eliminate themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think Tennessee, Georgia is going to be one and two. And I think TCU will be four because of their resume. And then 
they always put they always do it the easiest way possible and then they let it play out and then it takes care of itself that's why i can't stand this freaking committee but whatever that's what i think it's going to be tennessee georgia ohio state and tcu what do you think so we're all the same i think tc i mean i think Tennessee won. I think they've deservedly. Oh, Tennessee should be number one. Yeah, should be number it one. Should yeah. be a question. Um, to me, it's unquestionable. Tennessee's number one. I think Georgia's number two. Just to build up, um, the Tennessee Georgia game, number one versus number two, and I think it protects the SEC later on. I got Ohio State. Yep. Where we disagree on is four. I think Michigan is number four, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because. For every reason you said is why I think Michigan's number four, right? Like they try and build up these matchups. Yeah. They try and protect the teams. They try and know you're probably right. Teams have to beat each other. And so one and two Tennessee, they play each other next week. At the at the final closing of the regular season, Ohio State at number three and Michigan number four. It'll change once Georgia and Tennessee play each other. We'll see what happens. But right. I think it'll protect where like we can guarantee you a SEC team and a big team t- yep. big 10 team gets in. And I know like we feel like that's understandable at the end of the day. But if I have two SEC teams at number one and two, and I have two two big ten teams, who are the two teams that we foresee to go into the playoff at Ohio State and Michigan? I think if I have them one, two, three, and four, we'll let the rest play off yep. play out as a committee. It will let Tennessee, or I mean, we'll let TCU get their way in there at number five. And I think we'll let Alabama have an outside shot getting in. And I also think we'll let uh, Clemson play their way in as far as being undefeated ACC champions. But as far as right now, especially if we're just talking about the four best teams in the country and we're rating the five undefeated teams as far as Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. I'm taking Tennessee one, Georgia two, Ohio State three, Michigan four, and TCU five. But I would never have a problem with – I wouldn't have a problem with out of Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. If you flip-flop any one of them three, four, and five, I would never have a problem with it for the simple fact you know Michigan and Ohio State is going to have to play for that one of those spots in the college football playoff. But I also think like – you're going to keep Ohio State three because they haven't shown you no reason why they're not a top four team in the country. In the, the uh, yeah, Ohio State's definitely top four. I think Ohio State, Tennessee, and Georgia are definitely top four. Like yeah, I don't think there's the argument I don't think there's is Michigan or Tennessee, but I think you you put Michigan at number four to build up the the yeah. Michigan versus Ohio State game, and, and they will do that, which I hate what they do. I'll just I'll just tell you right now. I think I think the. The, the way it's going to break down is I think it's going to be Tennessee. I think it's going to be high state. I think it's going to be Oregon and I think it's going to be TCU, but I understand that this committee will never do that week one of the playoff rankings. So no. that's, that's the difference predictions. And I take, because I think that Tennessee's beating Georgia this weekend. So there's no reason for me to put Georgia in the top four. This isn't a, you know, I, again, I keep, I say it and I say it and I say it, this isn't a, how, how do I rank the best teams in the country? I rank them based on the schedule and I rank them based on the future. So, all right, Mo, that was a good show, man. Yeah. I think that I, I think, I think we got a lot. I think we got a lot done tonight. Yeah. 100% bro. I'm, I'm always glad when you bring me on because talking college football with you is second to none. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think we worked a lot of things out. I think we brought up a lot of good topics and I think, I think here's what we've done everybody. I think we've set up, 
the scenarios for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. After this week, we can start doing the chaos scenarios like Mo's already like alluded to. Yeah, I'm already um, and we and we can start talking about some crazy stuff. We can start talking about some matchups. Here's what we do know. Somebody I predicted it last week. I thought there was gonna be an upset. I Oklahoma State was not really an upset, but it sort of was. There really wasn't. I really predicted that like one of the one of the top teams would go down. Honestly, I, at one point it looked like it might be a high state. It wasn't. You know, they rallied. And so now I think this week somebody's going to lose. Like, here's what we know this week. Alabama or LSU is going to lose. Tennessee or Georgia is going to lose. Clemson or Notre Dame is going to lose. I know Notre Dame is not a factor. What I'm saying is, like, like we have some facts. You know what I mean? Uh, the Big Ten teams are in good shape until, you know, the showdown in, in four weeks, unless one of them really does something stupid. So it's going to be interesting again to see how we whittle it down to four teams. Uh, Mo Murphy, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, everybody go check out Up in Flames. Go check out Field Stormers everywhere you get your podcast. Go check out Off the Ball Network. And uh, you can uh, follow Mo on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter also, at jhunt006. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening, watching, liking, share. Um, you know, the YouTube, everything you can do for us. You, you guys know the deal. It's been awesome. And, Mo, I'm looking forward to, you know, what you and uh, Walker have coming up this week. And, um, hey, congratulations, man. Hey, you had a good day. You got a victory nap coming. Those Cowboys look good, man. I literally took a nap, so oh, that's the best. <laughs> hey, I did too. Dolphins win, Buckeyes win. Uh, my high school team won their first playoff game. It's been it's been a good weekend. Disc golf went great. I didn't get zero killed. Um, that's it for Jeff Dean Sports. Uh, have a good week, everybody, and we are out.